In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing patrol procedures. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today, we're going to be discussing the article, Moving Perception. If you would like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the news tab. So let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This one is Numbers 8, um, verses 25 and 26, and it reads like this. Uh, and from the age of 50 years, they shall cease waiting upon the service thereof, and shall, and shall serve no more, but shall minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of the congregation to keep guard and shall do no service. What I really like about that is this, is that um, while this is more descriptive than prescriptive, what it's basically saying is this, is as the God's people were serving the tabernacle and future and later the temple, they were in a position of ministering to people that came. And so in a sense, they were your, your, your you know, men's ministry or their women's ministry or leading, you know, Bible studies or maybe they actually had a role in the children's ministry or whatever it was. You know, they were actually serving the church, if you will. And then what happened is once they reached a certain age, it was like, okay, thank you for your service. Good job. Now it's time for you to step back and you became a type of security guard, if you will. I mean, the words they use is, let me find that to make sure I'm right, um, um, to keep, now in, now this is the New King James Version. Um, it just says to keep. But in other versions and in the context, you know, through biblical interpretation, to keep was to keep guard. So basically their job was to patrol the tabernacle, to patrol in and around the temple, if you will, in order to provide a level of security to make sure that sh shenanigans were kept to a minimum. And even further than that, you know, they were a type of guard, if you will. And so I kind of like that because, you know, really for a lot of us, it's only, you know, as we get older, unless we've been called into the ministry or called into something specific like that, um, we have something to offer that, in my humble opinion, is of a greater value. Because in order for ministry to take place, for the, for the pastor or priest to do what they do, for the choir to do what they do, for the you know the the ushers to do what they do the children's ministry to do what they do the men's ministry all these different ministries are only able to take place when there is some level of safety and security they need to be able to do what they've been called to do um in that under that umbrella of safety that both god provides and we provide as his sheepdogs. And so I, I just love this, you know, age of 50 years old. Like I said, this is prescriptive or it's descriptive, which means it's just telling us what happened, what the rules used to be versus, um, 
you know, prescriptive, which actually says you better do this. And so we don't have a 50-year-old cutoff that to be in the safety team, nor do we require anyone at 50 years old to, to quit their ministry to join the safety team. My point is, it's still though, it's, it's kind of neat to see this in the Old Testament as these, this is how things were done. Also too, life expectancy back then wasn't probably much higher than 50. So I guess I don't know that for sure, but you get what I'm saying is I, I just love that transition. All right, before I continue, I want to take a moment, remind you, please share this video, share this program, either the YouTube channel or whatever podcast thing that you're using. Send this out. Share it with your team. I can't tell you how important it is for us as leaders, and if you're listening to this, you are a type of leader. You have influence with the rest of your church and your friends and your family and stuff like that. And and use that influence for good. If you spread this program, what you're doing is you're keeping the conversation going. And right now, at this point in church security, if you will, safety ministries across the country and other churches, we're still at the point of breaking new ground. We're still at the point of getting this information out there. We're still at the point of convincing people that this is important. And so by sharing this video, by sharing this podcast, what you're actually doing is you're spreading the word. Now, it's, it's probably a bridge too far if you re- get the reference. I, I'm going too far with my next statement. But, you know, that was, kind of the, that, was kind of, that was the process in which the gospel took place, right? You had the 12 disciples working under Jesus, learning from him. And then Jesus had the practice run, right? Like, hey, you're going to go out two by two, and you're going to preach the good news. You're going to preach the gospel. And then, of course, after Christ um, uh, died on the cross and returned to heaven, then what happened, of course, is that, you know, the disciples continued to spread, and they started to make more and more disciples, and it was all about spreading the news. And that's kind of where church safety ministries are right now. It's about spreading the news. We have to wake churches up. We need to encourage them to take common sense, reasonable steps in order to safeguard the congregation because things aren't getting better out there. I've talked a lot about FBI statistics and what they're saying about active shooters, but not only active shooters, a whole other range of crimes. And we have to make a decision. Are we going to be good stewards of the things that God has entrusted us? Or are we just going to continue on as if nothing is going on and nothing bad will ever happen to us? I don't think that's being a good steward. We have to be good stewards. And part of being a good steward, dare I say, is sharing this program. Now, I'm not lifting myself on the pedestal, but at least talk to people about safety ministries. If it's not me, something... I mean, let's let's do something. Let's get this out there. Let's start making, let's start being part of the solution, I guess is what I'm asking you to do. You've already taken some steps. You listen to this program on a regular basis. Awesome. Don't keep it a secret. Tell somebody, you know, share it. So if you share this program, then the next thing that you can do is go down in the description, click the link for the weekly show notes, 
it takes you to another site, you put in your email address, and immediately we send you the show notes. It's basically a cheat sheet that you can review what this program was all about, and it gives you kind of some talking points. So all those people that you sent this program to, now you can follow up with them and say, hey, what'd you think? You know, what what do you think that we're doing versus what we could be doing? You know, what'd you like about the show? What didn't you like about the show? All that kind of stuff. Keep the conversation going. Because as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I'm sure I butchered that verse, but if you've heard it, you know what I'm I'm close enough. And so that's what this is all about. Let's be the iron that sharpens other people. Let's be part of this. So anyway, please, I'm going to encourage you. Another thing I should mention about it is we change it every week. So if you miss this week, you're not going to get those notes ever because I'm going to change it again next Monday. And so you got to keep this going. It's to encourage you to keep moving. Now, don't worry. It doesn't multiply sign you up every single time. Every time, all it does, if you're already getting our newsletter or weekly updates, you don't have to worry about double, triple, quadruple emails from us. Unless you use a different email address, you just use the same one, then you're just going to get the emails that we send out, no more, no less, and of course, you get the show notes. All right, so let's jump into the news. We have a few stories for you. We're talking about active patrol, being proactive in our safety ministries. Now, I know a lot of churches, when they first start a safety ministry, that that safety team, if you will, pretty much is just at the church. They show up when they show up with their family, they sit in the sanctuary, they participate in children's ministry or whatever they got going on. And really, the only difference between them and everybody else in the sanctuary is either one, they're paying a little bit more attention and are prepared to emer- you know, respond to emergency situations, and or maybe they have a firearm that they carry. And that's pretty much the team. Now, I get that a lot of us start that way, But at some point, we have to become a little bit more proactive, which not only includes training, which for some of you, that means going to the range more often, but really expanding beyond that. You know, thinking more comprehensive about what we're trained to respond to. A simple example would be medical emergencies. It's great if you're prepared to deal with an active shooter. Awesome. I totally support. But you become a better safety ministry member, you become a better security team member, or whatever you call yourself, when you have medical training, right? Because medicals happen, and if, they, and if it hasn't occurred yet, it's going to happen soon. Then things like fire and, uh, and severe weather or disasters bearing down on the church and you have to take action to save lives. You know, things like child protection, I mean, all of us, even though that's the least favorite topic for anyone to learn about and to engage in, it is so needed. You know, predators take advantage of our unwillingness to engage that topic. Simple as that. They know. They know we don't want to think about it. We don't want to imagine it. We don't want any of that. And so they, boy, they weasel their ways in. 
But there's so many other things, verbal de-escalation, basic use of force laws, all these kind of things have to be trained. And they all make you, and they make you a better person or better um, trained to respond to situations. And of course, then they make your congregation safer. So I guess what you, I'm really going out on this a little bit is this. What are you actually called to do? I can't tell you that. I don't know what you've been called to do. I don't know what God's plan is for your life. I really don't know. And that's a question you have to answer. Are you a sheepdog or something else? A true sheepdog is going to do the things that we're going to talk about today. A true sheepdog is always on when they're at church. They're always paying attention. It's about wiring. You know, Dave Grossman talks about there's a certain percentage of the population that is wired for for this. And there's a lot of people that aren't. And really, you have to think about this. What are you actually wired to do? Should you maybe be leading a, a Bible study? Should you maybe be working the door as a greeter? Should maybe you be an usher instead of being a sheepdog? That's, that's between you and God. All right, so let's get into some news articles. All of these really kind of focus on anti-crime patrols around churches. Um, and really just kind of bring out the fact that they're so important. So Campbell, um, Campbell County, Tennessee, 2000, uh, I'm sorry, uh, June 20th, 2022. Letters have been um, left at several Baptist churches with um, content that the sheriff's office describes as disturbing. Um, the sheriff's office has increased patrols around churches and issued guidelines for what to do if an unexpected letter is found. Churches are also asked to be more watchful. So even in this case, the sheriff's office understands that they can't do all of it. We need the help of staff and volunteers, people like you that are focused up and paying attention because there's a real risk out there. And even though this is Campbell County, Tennessee, who cares? I mean, well, don't get me wrong. It applies to all of us, right? Churches and other houses of worship are under attack. They are under attack and we have to take steps to safeguard ourselves. The sheriff is saying, be more watchful. All right, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, September 12th, 2021. A disturbance at one church on Sunday morning and threats to others prompted the Pittsburgh police to step up patrols around places of worship while they were, um, while the threats are being invest investigated by the FBI. This is happening, just like I said, this is happening throughout the country. It's not just Pittsburgh, it's just not Campbell County. This is happening all over the place. We have to be alert. When is it your turn? I mean, that's the real question you have to ask yourself. When is it your turn? It's coming. It's not just big cities. It's just not counties in Tennessee. It's all over the country. 
and sooner or later it's going to be at your doorstep. Now you can prepare now or you can be surprised later. All right. Um, bah, bah, bah. Westlock, December 21st, 2017. Um, now this is an operator of a private security firm was uh, patrolling client's property when he spotted suspicious footprints in the snow. He knew that they were fresh since it was still snowing. He called police who found evidence of a, a vehicle theft. They followed the tracks, the guard um, off-road in his all-terrain vehicle, and the police officer on the roads they found the suspect and who was arrested and the stolen vehicle recovered. So here's just an example. The primary reason we're sharing this story is patrols make a difference. If you're paying attention to the small things, that you're paying attention to the important things that you might observe on patrol, then it could result in an arrest. It can result in a stolen property being recovered. It's so important. Um, New York City, October 10th, 2006, so this is a while ago, a man tried to break a glass case holding a priceless chalice given to the church by Pope John VI. An alarm was set off. It was 2 p.m., so middle of the day, and the priest was eating lunch in the rectory. He ran into the sanctuary, confronted the man who was still trying to break the glass. The priest locked him in the church. Good job and called police. He turned out to be the same person who has been a disruptor in previous weeks. So a lot of times, you know, we've talked about paying attention and having contact and keeping good records and all that kind of stuff, patrol log, that kind of stuff. Here's something that just kind of shows up, right? Somebody becomes a regular problem can then ultimately lead to larger problems. And that's why it's so important for us to pay attention. All right. So let's get into patrol. The first thing I want to cover with patrol, <clears throat> which really in a lot of ways, you know, it it can almost seem like common sense, right? What patrol is and what it requires. But I do want to kind of talk about it a little bit, but I want to focus on equipment. Because a lot of times we don't really think about this. The first one, of course, is comfortable shoes. So, So I have dress shoes just like all of you and I occasionally wear them, and they are brutal on my feet. Like, I don't wear them all the time. So I used to wear boots all the time in the military and as a police officer, and my feet became accustomed to the footwear, meaning getting the calluses in the right areas, you know, using moleskin when I need to use moleskin on the heel and stuff like that, but my feet became tough to those things. Because I don't wear dress shoes a lot, walking around in dress shoes, it's almost like starting from square one. They start rubbing on areas of my feet that are not normally rubbed on. And I start to develop, you know, some blisters and those kind of things. So we need to have comfortable shoes for what we do. You know, I, I think one of the things, and I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but my daughter works security and she wears a polyester suit, um, just like I wore, very similar to what I wore as a police officer. You know what the problem with polyester is? Is if it's exposed to fire, it's, always, it's going to burn and melt your skin. Um, very bad idea. Why do they dress cops in polyester? I'll never know. 
uh, other than it just looks nice. And I don't know that cops need to look nice. They need to be able to do their job. But anyway, same thing with shoes. There might be some sort of ex expected dress code for where you go to church. You might need to push back on that a little bit. As far as the safety team is concerned, what kind of shoes are you wearing? What kind of footwear are you wearing? Especially if you wear, you live someplace like here in Minnesota, north, and you have cold weather and you have icy weather, you have snow. What are you wearing on your feet? If you come to church wearing footwear that is not helpful on icy sidewalks, in icy parking lot, and tromping through the snow around the building, or let's just say it's raining and it's muddy and all that kind of stuff. What's on your feet? If you come up to a mud puddle because you're wearing nice dress shoes and you're not gonna tromp through it even though you need to tromp through it to get around a certain area or whatever, you see what I'm saying? You gotta have the right footwear on. And your team, <laughs> your team might have different standards and you, you need to have this conversation. Along with that comes with clothing, right? Do you have jackets? You know, I like jackets that are blaze yellow for outside that say safety team on it or safety ministry or just safety on it. Um, because number one, if you spray them with like a Scotch guard, they're kind of waterproof. You can throw it on, you can do your patrol, once you get inside, you can take it off. If you're working in the parking lot, it's blaze orange so you don't get run over. Also, if there's a medical emergency or something, you're greeting with the ambulance or you're out in the parking lot, they see that blaze yellow, that high reflective yellow, and they're responding. Now, I know that's kind of ant antithetical, is that the right word, to um, being incognito, being undercover. But in certain circumstances, you don't wanna be undercover anymore. You want emergency response to be able to easily identify you. Either way, you might have to go outside when it's raining. You might have to go outside when it's cold. You might have to go outside when it's just insanely hot. You know, whatever. You could face all weather conditions. You need to be prepared for that. Next thing is a flashlight. Not only good at night, not only good during power outages, but it also helps you when you're checking the back areas, you know, classrooms are, are dark and unused or, you know, hallways or, or stairwells or all those highways and byways, you know, those hidden passages around the church. Having a flashlight to properly check into closets and dark rooms and utility rooms and all that kind of stuff always comes in handy. Get a good flashlight. Notepad, pen or pencil. Obviously, no-brainer here, right? Um, I don't know how your memory is, but I know that if I'm on patrol and I see something that needs to be fixed, if that's the only thing I see while I'm patrol, no problem. I'm going to remember it. I'm going to go to the patrol log. I'm going to record it down. No problem. But if there's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight things, I'm going to forget something. So writing it down is very important two-way radio in order to communicate to other people. Let's be honest, if you're out in the parking lot and there's a suspicious person sitting out in the car, you know, maybe they're just taking advantage of the free Wi-Fi. Maybe they're waiting in ambush. You're going to need to call your team and get help. A multi-tool. I always carry a knife. 
multi-tools great you never know i mean let's be honest there's so many things that can happen at a church just having a handy tool to make a quick repair or fix the situation always makes sense next thing is a camera most of us have smartphones now make sure you know how to use the camera feature because it's a lot easier instead of writing in detail all the stuff down sometimes taking a picture is there pry marks potentially on a back door Take a picture of that baby and send it to your security director. Let them take a look at it. And if it's been reported before, they say, oh, there's nothing new here. We know about this. We're taking actions. Or, or whatever it is. Taking a, a picture is worth a thousand words. And sometimes I'd rather just take a picture and then write a quick little synopsis next to it and let other people take care of it that are, you know, the right people. All right, so patrolling. Now I'm going to focus on two different things when it comes to actual patrolling. The first thing I want to talk about is what Wesley put in here is monitor the facilities. It might actually be better to reword this as monitoring people. This is when you're walking around and basically you're looking for trouble. I mean that's really what you're doing. You're looking for trouble. You're looking for people that seem out of place, that seem suspicious. You're looking for people that might be, uh, you know, under stress, you know, you're looking at their faces, you're looking at their body language, you're paying attention to what they're wearing. Are they printing a weapon? You know, all these kind of things. You're looking for people that might be in an argument. You're looking for kids that might be looking for mom and dad. You're looking for things that don't fit and where you can insert yourself into those situations in order to mitigate it and to keep it down to a dull roar. You know, a lost child, you know, you might see some kid wandering around with that look in their eyes, you know. You can go help that kid. Now, if you find mom and dad and they just happen to move into a corner, that kid couldn't see them, big deal. It's a little, you know, it's a little um, a nice thing to do. You see somebody walk into the church and they look like they're lost. You know, chances are they're brand new to the church and they have no idea. So you make contact with them and you say, oh, the children's ministry is over here. Or, oh, the sanctuary is over there. Or whatever the deal is, now you've greeted them, made them feel better. But now if they're up to no good, you're going to, when you make contact with them and you say, hi, you know, you know, how can I help you? I can see you, you look a little lost to me. If they're evasive and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you, you got something else, right? So you kind of deal with that and figure out what you have. So really what monitoring facilities is, is really monitoring people. You're walking around the church and somebody's in the back of the church. Why are you back here? What's going on here? Now, it doesn't have to be accusatory, like I said it, but it's like, hey, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? What's up? And if they're like, oh, you know, nothing, and they quickly wander off, okay, you prevented something maybe. Or if it's some, you know, whatever. You just deal with the situations. You're monitoring people. You're watching people. You're approaching people. You're engaging people. Next thing is, is um, conducting safety and security inspections. And I'm just realizing now that this baby is running long. So conducting safety and security inspections, you know, just making sure that hallways and exits are, are, are free of obstacles, that there isn't any signs of tampering or destruction. This is your fire extinguishers. This is closets. This is everything, all those kind of things. So basically, as you can tell, is 
I really honestly could go on for quite a long time when it comes to a good patrol. The takeaway here is this, is we have to patrol. If the first thing that you do is just start walking around and paying attention, that's the first step. From there, developing your patrol um, procedures, developing your skills in order to help people and um, in order to mitigate any sort of risks to the building or any future emergencies, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot to it. I would encourage you to check out our, our um, security team fundamentals course. More importantly, actually the, the safety member certification, that's eight courses. It covers, I mean, we're, I'm on eight topics, eight different uh, modules right now. And obviously, you could listen to these podcasts all the way back to the beginning, and you're not going to have it all. It's really about the training, getting it formalized, you know, taking, taking a test. I know that's scary, but trust me, it's not that bad. Taking a test to ensure, it's really about ensuring that you understood the materials, and, it, and then it kind of locks it into your brain. This is why testing and quizzing is so important. It helps lock it in your brain. Not only that, should a bad thing happen, you can demonstrate that you're not just some person that just decide you're going to start doing this. You've actually gone through some training. So thank you so much. Um, before I let you go, please like, share, comment on this video. I really super appreciate it. The algorithms appreciate it. It spreads it out there. And that's, like I said before, it's all about getting it out there. And your little thanks for the information. Great as always. Questions, whatever, is awesome. I love engaging with you guys. Thank you so much. Other than that, thank you for joining me. And hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.